these crazy times, the world just needs a hero to help cut through all the noise. Well, now you have two. Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the baddest podcast on the face of the nation. I am yet one half of this wonderful duo. My name is Steve Hutchins. Hero number two coming at you. Good morning, everybody. Afternoon, evening, wherever you are. My name is Dan Ramirez. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 46 of the what I think is going to be a wonderful show, Steve. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. People, let me warn you right now. It's going to be a little bit shorter. The only reason it's been shorter episodes is because I have finals. Yes, I have finals at the age of 40. Um, I have finals, and mm-hmm. I've been studying, and so it's been putting pushing the shows a little wonky. But we're about to be back in action. You back think that's the action. case? You've been pushing the shows, huh? Making them a little bit uh, less quality, Steve? You think that's what's going on? A little, yeah, a little shorter. A little shorter, unfortunately, and... uh but uh, I was told that uh, length doesn't mean quality. That's what they told me, but maybe it was because they wanted to make me feel good or something. <laughs> Look at this guy. Self-deprecating humor. I like you it, like, sir. It, I'm yeah. not usually doing this. I'm like, no, hey, I'm hey, actually oh. proud of you. Proud of you today. So, Steve. <laughs> yes. Are you doing okay with this finals, man? Are you starting to stress no, out? No, I'm not doing well at all. I'm sorry, man. Talk about it. Um, I just don't understand. Like, there, I think everybody can understand this. Remember back in school where there's... Uh, people are like, uh, they'll be doing something in the front, the professor, and he'll be like, does everybody understand? And everybody's like, uh-huh. So you kind of put your hand down real quick. You almost raise it. But everybody's like, oh, yeah, now it makes sense. You're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then you get home and you're like, oh, no, I don't get this at all. That's where I'm at. But there's like three others, two other students that are just like, oh, no, we don't get it either. We're in the same pool. So it helps to have students that are literally half your age. Um, also being as confused as you are with this programming stuff. But the thing is, I'm not really, it, it, it was stressing me out. I, there was a point where I tell, told Dan, I'm like, I am literally overwhelmed. I can't, I don't know what I'm going to do. But being older helps me because at a 20 year old situation, when you're 20, that's going to be the biggest thing in your life. What happens if I fail this class? Life is over. Oh, dear Lord. With me, I'm like, if I fail this class, I get a C. I'm perfectly fine. Everything's going to be great. I've, I'm not going to even, because there's so many other things that are bigger to stress about in the, and when you're older that this seems like, eh, worst case scenario, this happens. But for them, dude, they seem like if they fail this class, everything's over for them. They're like, oh, no, what do I do then? I'm like, oh, you don't, you're 20. You don't even know how wonderful things are. It's worse right now. You're 20. Life is fine. I think that we're sort of trained, like, you know, throughout the years to think that the numeric value of your test is what's going to make you. Yes. But for instance, in a trade like mine, where it's a pass or fail situation, I mean, you could, I think you can, usually it shows. (laughs) I'll say that. But if you can still pass, so if you pass with like, say, a 73%, it really doesn't make a difference on how you get this job if you're passing at a 99 or a 94 or something like that. Later on, it might show up in your performance, if you catch my drift, but it really doesn't make that big of a difference. And people used to get so freaked out about that. They didn't want to talk about their scores and everything. And it's like, but you're here. That's so just totally do a true. good job just do and you're good, good to go. No one's questioning your, your numeric score. And that, and you know, it's funny. Speaking of that, I uh, recently I had a situation because I always try to do a good job at my job. Um, and uh, I replaced somebody at a new job and I was worried about how I was going to do replacing them because people really love that person. And, um, uh, 
I'm going to use a different race. But so the guy I replaced was Danish. Let's just say he was Danish. And so I'm going, I'm doing my thing. And somebody's like, hey, uh, can you do this thing better? I'm like, really? Uh, what are you talking about? And I was trying to, you know, be, oh, what, what do you need me to do? And like, yeah, just do this thing. Because the Danish guy used to do it. And I was like, he was there for five years. And he's the Danish guy. That's you don't know his name. And then again, last night, I'm sitting there doing something. He's like, a guy stopped me. He's like, hey, uh, what happened to the guy that was here for years? I'm like, who, who do you mean? He's like, oh, you know, the Danish guy. I'm like, wow. I'm trying to do crazy. an amazing job. And I'm like, oh, all you're going to be is the black guy when you leave. No one's going to remember who you were. So just do you and don't worry about do the job you can do. For me in this class, I'm going to do what I can do. And, and it's like, Hey, if I do well, great. If I do okay, great. Life goes on. But when it comes down to it, you can only do what you can do. And I can't try to impress other people. I'm done, man. I'm done. But yeah, last night, G, when they said that, I, I even called my supervisor. I said, you're not going to believe what just happened. <laughs> and he's like, and they weren't surprised. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's them. They are not going to remember you, G. I'm like, oh, they were I'm always gonna... bagging on that Danish guy. They just keep it going. <laughs> yeah, seriously, seriously. Oh, the Danish, they did the Danish thing. Oh, yeah. But for like in your job, it seems like you would be more appreciated because you are the guy there. You're the dude that's doing the thing where it's just like this important thing happened with that person behind the glass. I would remember you even if it were if it was great news. I'm fine. Or horrible news, I have a disease. I will remember your face. I'll be like, I remember the guy that was behind there doing it. And I remember the day. You have an important thing. I think. Well, let me tell you this, dude. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm going to save the majority of compliments for a little bit later on in the show. But I think it's safe to say that anyone listens to this show, anyone that's had contact with you through work, including myself, is not just going to remember you as the black guy. Because you're Steve Hudson, man. You're a, you are a larger-than-life personality. I'm going to talk about it more because uh -huh. you have been getting compliments. No, no, seriously. You've been getting compliments, dude. And I know I, you're not comfortable with compliments. I am not at all. You're not, but you're going to get them through the butt today. Not literally. <laughs> <laughs> we're too far away, man. And that Jeez, laugh is one of the things I'm going to talk about, by the way, man. <laughs> only, only Dan. Yeah, I've got some nice things I've heard about you recently, and I, I want to share them with you. So, I appreciate that. We know we'll get to that in a little bit. Okay. Because I got my notes already and everything like that. I know we have a show that we have to kind of pack it in. By the way, uh, that's what she said. God, I got oh, it. Did I work that time? I was about to say, gee. I just beat you, you to it. You don't know I was about to say that. That's right, all right. I didn't even think it was a good one, actually. Dude, I told you I'm trying to keep them on moratorium. <laughs> gee, <laughs> gee, you got it. You, like, you've got that you shit on lock. so good. But you know what? I think the thing is, it's okay to be childish. That is going to be the thing I do forever. <laughs> I am always going to do, if I'm in my rest home and the uh, nurse was like, oh, we got a, they're looking for a vein. Ooh, I got a good one today. I would be like, that's what she said. <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> they're probably gonna be like, I don't get it and fly, fly away in their robotic body because by then it should be happening. <laughs> You know, honestly, I thought that the whole that's what she said thing was a dead animal. Like, I thought it was done. And you have somehow brought it back <laughs> or you're on the way to bringing it back. I don't know. It's so I thought funny. it died with Michael Scott. I really did. It's but... so funny, though. Duh. Isn't it funny? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't do I mean, it with Gail. It's your no, I don't. It's not. Honestly, that one that I just did right now. I don't know why my voice just cracked right there, but um, I never do them. I yeah. just did it because I knew that was well, that's what was coming. So I wanted to let you know that I'm paying attention to you, sir. I know your rhythms. 
Well, you know what? This is going to be a big, a big homework assignment for people that are really like dedicated to audio engineering. I know Bucks could do it. If you ever hear me say something that we miss on, a, uh, that's what she said. Record yourself listening to it, and then say that's what she said, and send it to us, <laughs> please. <laughs> because I want to see if y'all can catch them, like I can catch them. You know what I'm saying? But I know a lot of people aren't necessarily uh, audio files, but Bucks will definitely. Um, be able to do something like that. What's up, Johnny Bucks? I don't know why I randomly shouted him out. That's my boy right there. You know what? I'm glad that you just said something right now because I want to say it before I forget again because I keep forgetting to put it in the notes. I want to say, Mr. Mick C, our longtime listener. Have you heard about Mick? Do you know what's going on with Mick? I don't know what's going on. I'm imagining that he has my, all he's been doing is getting my um, guest room ready. That's not what he's doing right now? No, he can't oh. even hardly move around apparently. He snapped, his Ach- he snapped his Achilles tendon. No. Yeah, his Achilles tendon is shot. So I've had limited time with him, talking with him, just because of you know our it's nine hours away, and whenever he happens to reach out to me or whatever, so we it's like almost like just corresponding via email. Yeah. But yeah, he you know he's a big guy, and he snapped his Achilles tendon, so he's healing up right now. I don't know exactly how long That's that takes. Terrible. But Mick, I just want you to know I'm thinking about you, We're man. We're thinking I, about for, you, dude, for sure. And I have been trying to mention this for the last few shows, so I apologize for whatever reason. I'm sorry. I'm an asshole. What can I say? And then lastly, Steve, before I want to finish my thought. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm only giving you shit about the short show. you got to handle your business. Once you handle your business, we'll be back at it again. It's not a problem. Back at, i got a question for you. Go ahead. The crap is an Achilles. Okay, I know what the Achilles tendon is, but people <laughs> sometimes ha- have like behind the knee. And I'm like, I thought your Achilles was like your Achilles down by your ankle. It's down by your ankle, connects to your calf. And let's stop there because we could totally go off. We, oh, we, we have, we've got a lot this. of stuff. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> we got a lot of stuff, okay? Okay. So we need to start a whole other podcast for this shit. But today, we're going to try okay. and stay focused. And I'm Dan sorry, so I'm not smart. telling you what Dan to do. So smart. Dan yeah, so I'm not smart. telling you, like, you know, I'm not, I don't want to steer the show, but I'm going to steer the show if you don't let's, mind. Please steer it because you know, you know, once you let me go, you're going to look up at the time <laughs> and be like, Steve, you, we've been talking about Achilles tendons for about an hour. <laughs> Make no mistake, I want to let you go, but if you're limited, we might as well just right, do let's rock and what roll. we've, let's what rock we've and worked roll. on, right? Let's do it. What's next, sir? <laughs> I told you, I told you, I'm gonna steer the show, and I'm like, what's next? Uh, let's see. <laughs> I don't know, man. I guess we could just get into that contact info real quick. Let's go. Oh, we get to hear your pause. Oh, stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Touch, touch, touch. If I say tut, tut, tut on the show today, that okay, means chill. Deal. We're going to focus deal. today, Steve. I like this. Please do. You've been focusing all week with this testing. Focus on this. This is important, Drive. too. Let's go. Listen to me how I scold him, guys. I'm an asshole. I, like I don't this. mean to be. I love the guy. Really, I do. He's like a brother to me. He really is. All right. How the hell are you, everybody? My name is Dan Ramirez, and you are listening to the Heroes of Noise podcast. This is something that me and Steve do, and I want you to check this out. If you are, god damn it, see, you fucked it up for me. For the rest of the show, it'll never be the same. If you want to get a hold of us, hit us up at Heroes of Noise Podcast at gmail.com. That is Heroes of Noise Podcast at gmail.com. If you want to hit us up on Twitter, it's at Heroes of Noise. Myself, at Dan Q Public, and my buddy, at SE underscore Hudson Music. That is Steve Hudson right there that I'm talking about. We're available on Facebook, because everyone is, right? It's kind of an old thing. At Heroes of Noise. It's practically MySpace these days when you really cut down to it. But you can get everything at www.heroesofnoise.com. That is the one-stop shop for Heroes of Noise, where you can leave us voicemail. You can go shopping there if you want to. You can subscribe to the show. And now, a new thing, too. Scroll all the way down. Go ahead. I'll wait. You there? All right, cool. So, what you see right in front of you there is something that I've 
subtitle, because you know we're heroes of noise, heroes. I'm calling this one Pods of Justice, you know, like Hall of Justice. Lame, I know, but that's what I'm going with right now. Pods of Justice is there to display some of our podcasting friends that we have. So um, take a look and see. We've got several people on there. They're all shows that we enjoy, friends of ours, and we will be adding to the list too. Steve, I got to talk to you about that because I just sort of jumped on that whole thing. But Pods of Justice, check out all those shows. You can subscribe to their shows right there. They're all wonderful people. And uh, lastly, is there anything last? No, I think that's pretty much about it, Steve. So I'm going to go ahead and just lower the music down, and I'm going to turn it back to my friend, the one, the only, the man with the adjectives, the man that likes to say, that's what she said, even though it's played out as fuck, Mr. <laughs> Steve Hudson. That was perfect timing, dude. That is amazing. I'm working on my talk-ups, man. That was really good. I love it. So... <laughs> Uh, Dan, we got some good news. Like, you were pumped and I was pumped. I did not expect this. What good news do we have, Dan? Well, we got some listener feedback. That, that is I'm, so good. We also have some bad... It's not really bad news, but we do have some not good news either. So, do you want to do the good news first since we started talking about it? Oh, no. Do the bad news. I actually had to kind of cut my contact thing short because what happened was the last couple of weeks we were talking about the Amazon affiliates program. And I regret to inform you that that is no longer the deal right now. Long story short, we did not qualify for that yet. And I think simply what it is, is that it's a matter of website traffic. Okay. Yeah, we'll get there. It's yeah. not a big deal. In fact, I think I probably shot the gun off a little bit too soon. And I that's believe what that's said. what he said, Steve. See, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I'm on you. I'm on to you, sir. I'm on to you. Just stop it, Steve. It You're being silly. I, see, I, I, it's like a, I'm just like bouncing them off like Superman and bullets and shit. That but anyway, it was impressive, Steve. Thank you very much. I just wanted to say that, yeah, we're not really worried about that right now. I think we just fired it off a little bit too soon. And we'll come back to it at some point. Not a big deal. But I wanted to let you know because some people are asking, hey, where's that Amazon link? It's gone. I took it off because it's really not a point now. But Amazon's a lovely place. They have lots of things. I use it all the time. But that is not a plug. Uh, what else, Steve? I think uh, uh, there is another huge thing. Damn. See, OK, here, ladies and gentlemen, here's the funny thing. So Dan doesn't like to big up himself. So I'm going to big up Dan. Dan went on our wonderful buddies, our friends, our awesome co-chillers on this great American soil. Uh, the piece, the, oh, the coach, the, um, <laughs> the uh, pop culture leftovers show. Um, and he got over there and from what I've heard, did a wonderful job and actually were obviously was embraced wonderfully by the host, Brian, as we always appreciated. Come tell us your experience on that show. Let's talk about Jake too. Cause Jake is the co-host of the show. Good guy. Just want to say that. So question was, I apologize. What you were saying, I was saying, tell us about your experience. Okay. Pop Culture Leftovers is a fantastic show. Quite honestly, it is my favorite podcast that I listen to. It's my go-to. So that said, I was very excited to be on there. It was my second visit. And we have brought over some new listeners yet again. So I've noticed that just by our weekly numbers on Libsyn. And I've noticed that there's a spike again. So also, before I do that, I wanted to say that I kind of, for the first time ever, put out on my personal Facebook page that we do a podcast because I'm weird that way. I like to keep the two worlds separate, but for some reason, I didn't even mention Pop Culture Leftovers. I was just talking about our podcast, and I, it's weird. Like, all of a sudden, the numbers spiked up. So I know I don't have that many friends, you know what I'm saying? So I just wanted to address one thing real quick. If you are listening to the show, you've come over from Pop Culture Leftovers. If you're listening to the show and you've been my friend for a long time and didn't even know that we did this, as I've come to find out, I want to welcome you to the show. Thank you very much for the compliments this week. And this is where I was getting at, Steve. People love your laugh. I want you to know that right now. Uh, you were, I'm going to quote Brian where he says, you are high energy, 
And your laugh is, what's the word he used? I want to say it was in either addictive or infectious or some shit like that. That wasn't the quote. But <laughs> your laugh's fantastic, man. I think this is becoming a part of the show. And and I just wanted to compliment you because I've always loved your laugh. Thank you very much. Thank I appreciate the compliment. Thank you, Brian. Uh, Jake, looking forward to meeting you both one day over the, uh, the airwaves. I appreciate it. And thank you for taking care of my boy, Dan, y'all, you all, y'all always take care of them. And I really appreciate that. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. But here's the thing. I don't drink when we do our show. Yeah. I'm just sober. Usually it's in the daytime for the first thing. But I, I because my nerves get up because it's a little bit of a higher caliber show. They have more numbers. I know more mm-hmm. people are going to be listening. And plus, I want to do a good job. Of course. Like with us, I'm very comfortable with you and I'm comfortable with them. It, it's just that you and you're my boy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we, we just know each other. So I don't have this problem talking. I get a little nervous when I go on their show. So. I incorporate a little bit of blue moon into the situation just to kind of yeah. give me a little bit of liquid lubrication, if you will. Yes. The problem was, is that as the show went on, I think that liquid lubrication started doing me in because oh. one, two things happened. I didn't slur or anything like that, but I was just feeling freak. Okay. The first of all, the show was like, I think it was like four hours and 45 minutes right around there somewhere. That's a long ass show. And they do a long show every week. They do a great job with that. That was like our adventure show. Our yeah. Avengers show, yeah. Yeah, but think Avengers show for them it's like every week. That's amazing. They just that's how they get down. That is incredible. Like seriously, Brian does amazing notes. I haven't like looked at his notes or anything, but just by, you know, going off of what he does and listening to his show every week, the guy does extensive notes for this thing. Mm-hmm. But um it's 4 hours and 45 minutes. I learned something about myself towards the end of that show. My voice will not hold out that long. So like after about three and a half, four hours, I started kind of there a little bit of this was going on in my throat. And like, thank God for the mute button. Because I was just constantly like, <clears throat> with the mute button on. Because <laughs> I was just trying to like did you have keep up with these guys. I did, but I had my drink at the top of the show. Oh, and then I had... Oh, then beer later on. Several beers, Steve. Okay, several of them. Okay, But uh, anyway, I'm not like knocking that. It, like it jacked up my... my uh, appearance or anything like that but i'll tell you one thing i was freaking feeling it man i was feeling it badly and then just a side note what happened was afterwards i hadn't eaten anything so that could have been why i hadn't the buzz that i had i was like you know what i'm gonna get some food i ordered some food and for whatever reason i got like super sick and i was like spent the night with chills and throwing up so that was fun right dan what yeah what I know you always give me shit. You say I get sick all the time. This was different. This this wasn't like, oh, my st- my tummy doesn't feel good. This was <sighs> with chills. and What happened? Like, oh, you got like a stomach bug? I think I got food poisoning is what it was. From from something that you made at home? No, no, no. I didn't make it at home. It was what my did, own mistake. What did you I had, uh, I had sequestered some Jack in the Box because it was the only thing open at the time. Oh, Dan. Yes. Oh, and I never eat Jack in the Box either. So... I thought I would go with the biggie of all things, which was that ultimate cheeseburger. And oof is right. So the night, it ended on a low, but it started off on a high. And to uh, put it lightly, I had a fantastic time on the show. So my thanks to Pop Culture Leftovers for having me on. By the way, if you guys want to listen to that, it was uh, episode 261 just came out this week. Lots is covered. There's There's tons, tons of stuff covered. It's a cornucopia of fun, ladies and gentlemen. Look at this dude with the big words. You know, I wanted to say cornucopia because we just had Thanksgiving and it's the holidays still. So what does that have to do with cornucopia? Well, I always liken it to that. You know what a cornucopia is? You know what that like horn looking thing? And then it's always full of like little pumpkins and shit. Is that what it is? I think so. That's what I'm going with anyway. But (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's what it is. But I could be wrong. Don't even bother correcting me because I don't give a shit. I just like throwing words out. Yeah. Cornucopia over here, G. You know, when you're just on the mic and you're just talking, sometimes you say things you don't mean. 
Like I think um, I used the word, I overanalyzed myself and I, to say the least, I won't even get into that, but I was listening to the show and, uh, I was trying to say inject, like you inject something into a, I think we we're talking about Marvel or something. Yeah. And I said, interject. So I caught that shit. Don't think I don't know what I'm talking about. Ooh. I was just talking in the beard. I overanalyze myself, Steve. You and really again, do. that is to say the least. I'm going to leave it at that. It was kind of a weird night on Sunday night. And we will talk about that at a, at a later time. Yeah. You got to chill with Jack in the Box, G. Yeah. Yeah. But one more time, thank you to Brian and Jake for yes. being gracious hosts. I had a blast on there. And Dope. I would love to come back on again if you'll have me. Dope. Dope. One day we're going to have to, we're going to combine the podcast and have a, uh, uh, pop culture heroes of noise. Oh, there's just something we got to think of the the meshing combination title right there. Pop culture noise overs. That <laughs> 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 works. <laughs> I kind of like it. I kind of like it. That work. They're probably like, "Fuck you!" I don't want that. Yeah, I can hear like, Brian. Why right now. would we ever do that? But yeah, I can hear Brian like, "Nah, that's not gonna work, people." <laughs> that's my Brian imitation right there. Sorry, Brian. I'm gonna piss him off, and then he ain't gonna want to come on the show. So. <laughs> Maybe I'll edit that out. I don't know. <laughs> you know, Brian, you know, you know, you're my boy, dude. Seriously. So now we have good news. What's the good news? Wait, no, that was good news. That but was we, great news. That was great news. But you For prefaced me? it. Yeah, you prefaced it with bad news. Sorry. We're going from bad to yeah. great to great to. We are ascending right now. Yeah. Oh, look at you. Uh-huh. So uh, what else? We got some good listener feedback, if that's what you're referring to. That's what I'm referring to. Okay, yeah, I'm actually quite ecstatic with this. Now, guys, when we get feedback from you guys, it's really important to us, particularly because it's not like it's not going to be later on, but because we're still in the big scheme of things, a fairly new show. I mean, we've only been going for about a year now. But when we get these things and people write in and like, we don't even know who you are and you've decided to take time to write us, it makes us feel like we're not shouting out into a void anymore. So we really appreciate that. That said, we got an email from someone named Megan. It says, hi, Dan and Steve. I just listened to your latest episode, and it made me tear up. Steve, we made her tear up. What? It says, Dan, when you spoke about how important the Rocky movies and Creed are important to you, I was touched. It says, my mom passed away a few days before Christmas six years ago, and when I watch a movie we both loved, I get emotional and miss her, no matter how long ago it was. Hearing you talk yes. about how you both shared a love for the movies moved me. And don't be embarrassed about tearing up and crying, because I did, ladies and gentlemen. Um, not that much, but enough. It's so difficult to lose the ones we love, and with a topic so close to your heart, it only makes it worse keeping it in. I'm sorry if this is awkward, but I felt like sharing with you and letting you know how beautiful it was. I have never seen any of the Rocky movies or Creed 1, and that's okay, Megan. I'm not going to hold that against you. There's plenty of time for that. But I'm fairly confident my husband and I will go see Creed 2. Plus, I love Michael B. Jordan. You both do an amazing job, and keep up the great work, Megan. Sweet oh, as hell. Thank you, Megan. I appreciate it. and. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And um, the thing is, again, uh, with that specific show, that I knew that that was a moment, Dan. I knew it. I knew it was a moment, man. I thought it was a... Rarely do we peel away the, the, the scales and be like, all right, let's let them in. A lot of it happened on our pregames. That, that happened a lot in our pregames. And I thought that that was a special moment. It touched me even. Well, thanks. It was weird. I wasn't expecting that to happen. And trust me, if I would have like not pulled back... I would have been a blubbering mess. So um, the fact that that touched you, Megan, I really appreciate that. The fact that you reached out, I really appreciate that. It means the world to me. And it was just sweet of you to do so. So, and you know, I know how it is obviously to miss your mom or your pop. I hope you have a good Christmas. I hope this one's just a little bit easier for you because I know it's kind of a healing process the whole time. That said, Megan, thank you very much. Feel free to write in anytime you want. Uh, you are a friend of the show. 
and I'm glad that you're listening. So thanks. Yes, yes, everyone out there. There's a lot of people having. Okay, uh, you can cut this out if you want to go left. I'm about to take it left for a second. Is that okay? You always take it left, Steve. Go for it. Um, so I was, I've just been reading articles about how the holidays are hard on people and harder on a lot of people than I thought. And I don't know how hard it is for any of our listeners, but I felt like it was a requirement for me to tell you, if you feel like you can't deal with it, call somebody. I don't know if you're going through that or whatever, but a recent article I read about certain things that happen during the course of holidays and how, uh, you know, bad things tend to happen. If you're feeling like a bad thing is about to happen, call somebody. Don't feel like you're too tough to do so because the holidays are tough on many people. And even though it's tough on some people, some people have it even tougher. And so if you feel like you're about to do a bad thing, just call somebody. Call a line. I don't, I'm sorry, I don't have the line in front of me, but just reach out and call somebody because someone is there to help you. That's all. On to the show. Steve's like, listen, call a line. I'm not going to give you the number. So I don't gonna know. The, to, I really you're going to have to pull the, back from your, you know, your, uh, your weakness. I did. I knew this was a thing. I didn't know that during this time it was a major thing. And I was like, oh my God. Well, even if it's one person that listens to us, I, I definitely want to um, say that. So uh, anyway, on to the next portion of our wonderful, amazing show. Um, Real quick, let me just yeah. give you the number because you were talking oh, yeah, about it. Please, Assume please. you're referring to the National Suicide Prevention. Mic, yeah, and I didn't want, I don't, yeah, why didn't I say the word? Why didn't I say the freaking word? You're Steve Hudson, but I love you, man. Yes, I try. The number is 1-800-273-8255. Again, that's 1-800-273-8255. Guys, seriously, the holidays are a bitch. I'm not going to go off onto another tangent, but I will let you know that I personally am going through some things myself. This, this, uh, The last couple of months have been really rough on me. Not that I'm a big sad sack all the time, but I do have my moments lately. And uh, matter of fact, I had this massive... <laughs> I'm not going to go into it. I promise I'm not because we have too much too much to cover. But I had a massive anxiety attack on Sunday. And oh boy, it's kind of an embarrassing thing. I won't even say who was involved with it or anything like that, but it was a massive anxiety attack. I'm better now, but it's hitting me because I, I don't know why. I guess it's the holidays. It's the weather. Shit gets gloomy. I'm in a funk, but I am ready to rock this shit again. So I just want to let you know that the only reason that I say that is that it can hit anybody. You know what I mean? And And so that, that said, you guys are not alone. And now let's proceed with the show, Steve. Let's do it. So, Dan, you have time on your hands right at this very second. Oh, rub it you... in, Steve. Yeah. No, 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 no. Oh, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Thanks a lot. Like, I didn't notice that. Jeez Louise. That sure did come off terrible. Hey, Dan, you're a fucking houseplant these days, right? I can't believe it. The funny thing is, I always say it. It's so Where's right, that phone number at? So right when you're like, thanks, I was like, jeez, what is he talking? And then all of a sudden, it was just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, you're a busy man. How do you find I, time uh, to watch anything? <laughs> Hold <laughs> on. We got one more review, sir. See, I'm throwing you off now. Oh, do we? Yeah, we have an iTunes review. Oh, we, you know why? It, it, it comes out a blur. I didn't even see it. Oh, okay. Well, don't worry. Oh. That's because you're looking on your phone, probably. I yes, I'm right? looking on my phone. Well, don't worry, because the kids got you. We actually put this one up because it was another nice one. And again, we really appreciate these. I don't ever want to take these for granted. And so, make sure you cut um, out the previous stuff, because thank you. <laughs> Perfect. This makes you or gives you a reason to edit out that terrible. I feel hard. No, yeah, edit that out. That's gone. No freaking way. That's comedy right there. Oh, no, that's gone. That is gone, dude. Uh, you'll never know. You never know. You never listen to oh, it. Oh, I'll so listen to this one, because that seems mean. It seems like I was being mean. I know you, Steve. There's not a mean bone in your body, so don't worry about it. There's one. 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I deserved it right there. Steve was talking about his wiener, ladies and gentlemen. It's kind of a rare situation. <laughs> they were waiting to everybody. It's like you didn't know, right? He's got a mean bone. <laughs> you know what I like about it, Steve, is you're never going to get too foul. And when you do, it's so pleasant because I, I enjoy that. Buddy. <laughs> all right, calm down. All right, quit. Okay. quit. All right, all right. <laughs> quit playing with your mean bone. Yes. We have an iTunes review, ladies and gentlemen, I want to share with you. And uh, it is a five-star review. It is coming from someone by the name of Big Wheezy Wee. I like that. Big like Wheezy that. Wee. Makes me think of the Jeffersons, just so you know. Oh, yeah. Wheezy. That's right. This is a nice one, too. I thought I'd read it. It's short and sweet, and then we'll get down to business. Okay. So, again, coming from Big Wheezy Wee on Apple Podcasts, it says, I heard about this podcast from Pop Culture Leftovers. Boom. Again, see, guys, thank you for coming on over, man. I really appreciate that. And have been hooked Hooked, Steve, ever since. Not only are these guys knowledgeable, but are so funny and charming. I love the side conversations, jokes, and content altogether. I work nine hours a day at an office, and they just brighten my day. Keep up the great work, guys. That's... I, what can I say about that, man? That's fantastic. Big Wheezy Wee! Big Wheezy Wee up in this piece. Yes. Thank you very much. I super appreciate that. Now, we can go ahead and start with the show. Let's rock and roll. The milk and cookies of things. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like the content. Yes. And the thing is, Big Wheezy Weeds, we're going to try to make you have a fun time at the, because I know how it is to be stuck in somewhere for nine, 10, eight hours, the whole shabago. We're about, we're about to make this day go super duper dope for you from here on. Don't even trip. Keep on listening. We got you. Or, you know, because of Steve, maybe at least an hour and a half. Oh, this brother, dude. I swear <laughs> to God. I swear to God. You're doing the most, brother. You handle your business. I'm just giving you shit. All right. So, Dan, you're a busy man. You don't have much time at all in your life. <laughs> Not to at watch all, Steve. Shows. <laughs> and I'm assuming we edited certain things out, so this isn't going to sound crazy. But you're a busy man. <laughs> Keeping that shit in out of your mind if you think I'm taking that out. You're a busy man. So, <laughs> when do you have time to, and when you do have time to watch things, you watch very important stuff. What you got for us today? Oh, I have lots of time to watch things, Steve, but I'm going to give you some, some, Fast takes on some of these things. Okay. Uh, some of these, actually, if you want to hear, and I'll tell you which ones I talked about on Pop Culture Leftovers, but to the people that don't listen to the show or maybe you just have time for this show, I'm going to talk about a couple of them over again because I okay. thought they were worth mentioning. One of them is not worth mentioning at all, but I kind of want to get into it and you'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's the worst thing ever. But anyway, uh, yeah, the first thing I watched, Steve, I just watched it yesterday and I don't have a lot to say about it because it was really quick viewing. And when okay. I say really quick viewing, it's a series that's on Shutter. I've recently subscribed to Shudder, and I think I like it. I know you'll love it, but I, I think I like it so far. And what I'm talking about is a show called Dead Wax. Have you heard of Dead Wax, sir? I have not, but you already know that if there's horror shows that I... I'll, I'll watch horror anything mostly, so please. So Dead Wax is a very quick series. And what I mean by a very quick series is that each episode is only around 17 to 20 minutes long. Oh. And let me read you the synopsis. Hmm. It says a mind-bending neo-noir set in the obsessive world of vinyl collecting. At a price, a vinyl tracker is hired by a rich co collector sorry, to hunt a legendary rare record that has driven its owners mad. And Steve, it's killed anyone that has dared to play it. What do you think of that premise? Dan, you're not going to believe this. Go on. You remember that book I showed you? That I sent you a picture of and the, the cover's crazy? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. This is one of the stories in that book. Oh, it's, it's like, is it, is it called Dead Wax or is it just no, a very... No, it's a, it's because it's a, um, it's a compendium of a bunch of horror stories by this, 
this Asian writer. And one of those stories is about this vinyl record that when you play it, it drives a person mad and the next person has got to get it now. Okay. That's what the story is. And it drives a person mad and drives them to death. No one survives listening to this vinyl record. So I haven't really heard of any of this cast, but I thought I would at least talk about the main actor, actor rather, who is Hannah Gross. Uh, her name is Etta Price, and she does a pretty good job on this. I just, like I said, I started watching it yesterday, but I thought it was actually a very original take on things. Mm-hmm. It's something that's different. You know, in a day where we're having so many of these scary movies, and I say scary with quotes, come out, yes. horror movies, if you mm-hmm. will, that are given a decent budget and they tend to just sort of blow it all to shit. You never know what they spend it on because the movie ends up coming out like garbage or it's just unoriginal. This is a very original take on things. Okay. You have to have Shudder to watch this or you have to be very creative on how you watch this. If you don't have Shudder, go over to your friend's house who has Shudder and watch it. It's pretty cool. And the whole thing only lasts, if you watch all eight episodes back to back, it comes out to like just under three hours. So you can knock it out in an afternoon. Oh, for sure, dude. Getting back to what I was saying... I'm starting to have more appreciation for lower budget horror movies now mm-hmm. and horror series like that because you know what? That's where the heart is now. For sure. I think people that are getting these major studio free passes, if you will, even though there's money involved, their heart doesn't seem to be in it. It seems yes. like they're cash grabs a lot of the time. And totally. you're just taking these stories and you're recycling them over and over and over again. I really like this one just because of the originality of it. And there is one episode. I'm going to tell you this right now. It's season. No, excuse me. Episode three. There is a seizure warning on this here. And I don't have any problem with seizures or anything like that, but I know that some of our listeners do. And I'm not kidding around. Like, I had to close my eyes on this one oh, particular wow. part. Seriously, I, I couldn't do it. Like, did you see Incredibles 2? No. Okay, well, there's a seizure warning in that too. And I could see how that would trigger something like that. This is way worse than that. So I'm warning you guys. I believe it's episode three. You'll know because they give you a warning, which I think is a very cool thing to do. Close your eyes, turn away, and just realize that something crazy is going on that you'll be able to get the gist of it. Because it okay. was... For me to have to turn away from that, it was pretty bad. That said, Dead Wax on Shudder. Check it out. That was just a quick shot. I thought it was worth a mention. Cool. A question about Shudder. Does it have an, uh, a Fire Stick app or no? Mm, good question. I'm not entirely sure, but I would okay. be willing to bet that they do. Okay. But cool. it does have an Apple TV. Yeah, but my Apple TV is so old that it probably just like can't spell Shudder. So I probably am not going to. And it talks, oh, which it. is the weirdest thing. So um, no, but my Apple TV is super duper old. I think you might even be able to get Shutter on. I think you can get it on PS4 if I'm not mistaken, but don't quote oh, me. Oh, there that. we go. Well, yeah, don't quote me on it, Steve. You're quoting me. Don't gonna, do it. <laughs> I'm going to do the year long thing because, dude, horror movie is. And you're right. Uh, I'm about to go on. I'm not going to go on a long tangent, but you're right. <laughs> the people that do the lower budget thing, like I told you, we talked about it a while ago. Uh, How the werewolf movie on Prime, Amazon Prime, is like werewolves on a train so you don't have a million extras. What happens when that happens, when werewolves stop a train and da 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 And I was like, oh, they don't have a million dollars. So they know we have to make the most out of exactly what we have. But if you have a billion dollars to work with, sometimes I think they just throw the money around. They don't really, I'm like, ah! Except for, I'm, I'm sure, Train to Busan, I'm sure they had a big budget and boy, did they use, I mean, they used the crap out of that budget. But other than that, you're right. When there's lower budget, they have to concentrate on what can we do with what we have. And if that's what Shudder is giving, a lower budget horror stuff, I'm going to go ahead and buy a year, not only for Shudder, but to support. I always say that newcoming um, filmmakers should be supported. That's a way I can do it. So I'll go ahead and get it for them, if anything else. It's right up your alley. And I know we say that all the time, but this really is, Steve. Like You have told me about countless horror movies, and there's so many on here. It's got a... The platform of it is very similar to Netflix. 
and there's some live things on there. They actually have podcasts on there too. So Shutter's oh, up and coming. that is really cool, man. Yeah, it's come a long way, and I really haven't like dived too deep into it yet. But that said, what else is on there that just came out this week? Like, if you're into Stephen King movies, they mm-hmm. released like a shit ton of the Stephen King movies. So now you can see, oh, dude. Uh, thinner. Carrie. It uh, thinner was not on there. I don't oh. think you can see. Um, oh, Pet I just Cemetery. blanked on the name. Pet Cemetery is on there. Cujo's on there. Uh, Misery. The Yes, that's the one I was trying to think of. Misery. And there's a couple more on there, too. So it's definitely worth a watch. And uh, what else is coming on there? Um, Nightmare? Are the Nightmare on Elm Street? Summer of 84 just came on there. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, Molly just dropped on there. And there's a bunch, but there's a lot. Did I say Molly? Is that right? Mandy. Sorry, man. I dropped Molly, and then I said, oh, you know, and then I said it. I've been on a Nicholas. I remember, like I, I, I was telling you, I've been on a Nicholas Cage thing. I saw that mom and dad, and I was like, I think I want to see Mandy because I like Nicholas Cage doing Nicholas Cage. I'm like, yeah. I'll, I'll watch that if well, he's this is insane. For sure. Yeah, this is for sure Nicholas Cage doing Nicholas Cage. <laughs> I know we talked about it, but yes, Mandy's on there. I don't know where the hell Molly came from, but anyway, it is worth done a download. I, and matter of fact, you know, just like any other subscription service, I think you can get a week for free. I just said, screw it. I'm going to buy it for a while. And if I like it, I like it. If not, I'll turn it off. So far, from what I've seen, it's pretty good. Dope. But again, getting back to the low budget, I think that these days you really just need some heart mm-hmm. and some good direction and a fantastic script. For instance, we've talked about it before, Terrifier. That is a low budget. Yeah, they did a great job with that. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it was. It was a low budget movie, <laughs> but you could totally see what the director was trying to accomplish right totally. there. And you know, the acting wasn't bad. If you were to take that movie with that heart and give it more of a budget and they can still do it, it would be even Jesus, better. Dude. That's, dude. I know, it would be fantastic. And there's dude. a sequel coming out, too. Oh. But, uh, yeah, I think, I think uh, guys, get ready for Arc the Clown, because I'm telling you, Arc the Clown, I've said you it before, ready. is you going to be, you're not ready. You're not ready. But it's going to be, there's Jason, you know, there's Leatherface, you got your Michael Myers, you got Arc the Clown now. So, Bruh. take my word for it. Watch this shit, it's beautiful. Now, um, question, last question about Shudder. Mm-hmm. Does it have the Elm Streets or no? Not that I've seen yet, but okay, I cool, imagine cool. it's only a matter of time. I didn't see any Friday the 13th or any like that, but there, there's those are a few big on there. pricey. Yeah, those are big money uh, platforms. I mean, those are big money, uh, what, not platforms. Um, you know the word I'm looking for. Big um, money Dan? <laughs> That's no, what he calls me, ladies and gentlemen. They're big money. Um, anyway, the, the names. They're big money. Franchises. Franchises. And so I imagine Shudder has to be like, instead of one Nightmare on Elm Street, let me get a few... Uh, you know, terrifiers and summer of 80, you know, summer 84s, stuff like that. And again, summer of 84 didn't have the biggest budget, but it was a fantastic it was really good. movie. They got folks though. They got folks on that joint. That's true. This is very true. But I am trying to pay more attention to the lower budget horror movies now because yes. I think that there's a whole, there's a whole genre that I, I'm not talking about horror. I'm talking about the low budget horror that I'm missing simply because I've always had this thing like, oh, it's not flashy enough. But again, you have these people with, with tremendous heart and an ambition that want to make something, want to bring it to life, and they do their best to do it. And a lot of times it's a hit. A lot of times it's a miss, but when it's a hit, it's usually like a big hit. And I just mean that as far as like it really sticks the landing. For sure, so, for sure. Yeah. So uh, moving along, Steve, I got other stuff to talk about. I'll tell you what. Since we talked about good quality, low budget movie, let me talk boy. about uh, something that's uh, uh, more of a budget, around $9 million or so. But it was the biggest stink shit I've ever seen. <laughs> it is a dumpster fire. It is hot garbage Served up on more hot garbage. Guys, wow. if you've happened to see the movie last week and you know exactly what I'm talking about, and if you, if you haven't, trust me, just 
if you spend your money, like use a gift certificate or something because you are going to waste your money. I I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this one, Steve. I'm talking about the possession of Hannah Grace. Again, I talked about this one on Pop Culture Leftovers. So I'll just tell you, you've, you've seen this before. Uh, I think there's a movie called The Autopsy of Jane Doe. Oh, is what a good movie that is. Yeah, see that movie. See that one. Because this is just a wannabe autopsy of Jane Doe. Yeah. And um, Also, don't watch the um, previews for Jane Doe. When you do see it, don't watch anything about it. Just watch the movie. All right, go for it. Yeah. And don't watch this movie, but I'm going to tell you what it's about. So when, <laughs> so when a cop, dude, just view at your own risk. That's all I'm going to say. This okay. is going to be another quick hot take. Okay? okay. So when a cop who is just out of rehab takes the graveyard shift in a city hospital morgue, uh, what happened was, uh, screw it, I'll tell you. She was uh, in like a standoff with a criminal who yes. had a gun. Uh -huh. And she froze and her partner gets shot and dies. So she's traumatized by this. She has PTSD. She goes down into taking drugs and alcohol. She goes downhill, ladies and gentlemen, and As she ends does. up... Right. So she goes to this rehab, and when she gets out, someone that's in the rehab says, hey, I've got a fantastic job for someone that's as sketchy as yourself right now. Why don't you go work in a morgue where there's murder victims and things like that? So she does. And then what's going on is there was this young girl that was possessed by a demon, and... They thought they got rid of the demon, but because this movie's called The Possession of Hannah Grace, come on, it's, you know, it's still going on. All this craziness ensues, and it's all just everything in this movie you have seen in other movies before. If you want to hear my full review, go to Pop Culture Leftovers and listen to it, because honestly, Brian and I went on this thing for about a good 10 to 15 minutes, and we did not, we weren't kind to this movie. Um, that's all I'm going to say about it for the sake of time, but okay. it is not a good movie. It is directed by Diedrich Van Rugen, Rugen, yes. Rugen, yes. something like that. And it's written by Brian uh, Siv, I believe it is. Okay. And let's not hold that against him. So moving along, ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about another one. Uh, Steve, you know what? You watch something. Why don't you talk about uh, Inside Jokes? So Inside Jokes, it's very interesting you bring this up because um, you know I love stand-up comedy, right? I do. You know we I talk love about it, it often. Yeah, and the thing is, I am I love also behind the scenes of anything. Like if someone was like, hey, I do underwater basket weaving. Would you like to see how I do this? I love the behind the scenes of anything. So this was a behind the scenes. They follow about seven comics, a few from LA, a few from New York. I think it's like three from New York, four from LA. And they follow these comics. Every comic, whether you know it or not, well, a lot of new comics want to go to a place in Montreal called Just for Laughs. Just for Laughs is one of the biggest, if not the biggest comedy festival in the world. And... There's a thing called New Faces, and Kevin Hart's been a new face, uh, Gabriel Iglesias has been a new face, Amy Schumer has been a new face, like these are, uh, Chelsea Peretti has been in a new face. Um, they've all kind of, this kind of sets the tone for the career, if you do well, if you're picked and do well. So what they do is they follow them from callback number one to callback number two. So when they get chosen, saying, hey, we like, we saw your set, we liked you, come back and do it again just to make sure that that wasn't a fluke, right? Because some people just have good sets randomly. And they follow them while the judges, they follow these judges going from club to club watching these comics do their sets. And they follow the comics as they're, they're really nervous because when the, the judges sit right, I mean, you can see them obviously. And so it's kind of hard for you to actually go through your set without worrying about, is that judge gonna laugh? And it's a really cool thing seeing how these people are trying to act like it doesn't matter to them. They're like, oh, it's no big deal. If I make it, I make it. If I don't, I don't. But in the back of their head, they're like, but for real, I mean, I'm done doing this. If I'm, why am I doing this if I'm not going to blow up? And, it and they sit them down with different comedians. Like Pete Holmes sit down with one of them and has a dinner with them to explain, hey, you know, this is what this means. Uh, it's not the biggest deal, but it's not the smallest deal. Here's how you need to run your set. And it's a really cool thing to see them run their set one place, exact jokes, kills. The next club runs the exact same jokes, 
nothing. And she, they're like, well, how do you know if a joke works or not then? Is it, I mean, you can't throw them out, but so you kind of have to go with your, 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 um, you have to go with your brain and say, look, my gut tells me this is funny and I'm going to do that thing. Fantastic show. Loved it. There's only eight episodes. The good thing about this eight episode like series is that each episode's an hour. I'm like, oh, this is good. I like it being an hour long episode and it's really good. You really actually get attached to these uh, comedians and you feel for them when they don't make it. When you see the don't make it, you're like, oh no, are you kidding me? And some of them get the news that they didn't make it next to their friend who just got the news that they did. Literally right back to back. And I'm like, on it, man. So now the friend, you know, when you get good news and your friend gets bad news, you can't celebrate the way you want to. You just can't. Because right. you're like, well, my boy didn't exactly make it. So you see them toggling it saying, and the other person being like, no, 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 but you should be happy. Even though I don't go, I'm happy for you. And the guy's like, uh, I mean, okay, but I don't really want to. <laughs> and it's trying such, to be good sport. Exactly. But, right. Okay, I guess. So if you have a chance, if you have eight hours at your disposal, I breeze through this in two days. It's a very watchable, a watchable series. And it actually is a great. Uh, it talks about what, if you're a new comedian, if you're an older comedian, they're like, don't, doesn't matter if you're 30s or your 40s. They said, if you're watching this show, one of the judges, he's like, if you're watching this show and it tickles your fancy, they said, even if you don't want to do it, get up on stage, see what it feels like. You never know. It might take you into a new career and we might see you at new faces. I'm like, that's a great, that's what I like to see at the end of a show saying, hey. You, you never know. Man. You never know. They're like, if you're watching this show all the way till now, if you're watching it to the end of this show, Get up and see what happens. Who cares what age you are? You just never know what life can bring you. Get up, bomb, and just see what happens. You can never have too much funny in your life. And so, yeah, check it out. It's called Inside Jokes. Amazon just really, really liked it. And this is even more up Dan's alley than mine. Because, uh, you know, this is a thing that shows the mechanisms behind a thing. How does this thing work? And here's a great quote from one of the comedians. He said, somebody, he's like, it's funny when people come up to me and say, Wow, did you just make that up on the spot? And he's like, in his brain, he's like, I just want to say, yeah, totally. Except for the fact that I went to 20 hours bombing every time, making this joke perfect, just so in front of you, it seems like I made it up on the spot. I'm like, Jesus, that is what happens. Hey, man, that's where they say crafting the joke. Exactly. He's like, our goal is to make you think that I just spontaneously came up with this idea on stage. I'm like, oh, my God, that's true. I never even thought of it. He's like, so if you say, did you just make that up? It's a perfect compliment to me. You think I just came up with it and perfectly worded it in a way that it made you laugh, then laugh a little more. And then that last one just knocks you out. Yeah, that's on just spontaneous. No, I crafted it to make it that way. So check it out. If you're into, for the, if you're into the mechanisms behind anything that's good, Inside Jokes, Amazon Prime. Hey, Steve. Yes. I think because we're going a little bit faster than we normally do today. I know I feel like I'm going faster than I normally do. Um, We kind of skipped something, and I want to try and keep this in the theme of things. So how would you rate this? The way we've been rating things lately, how would you rate Inside Jokes? Um, I would give it four out of five mics. Four out of five mics. That's a high one for you. Because, again, Dan, I love the mechanisms behind anything. To see how a person that's good at something how they do it and how they become good at that thing. It's like, wow. And especially when it's like, it looks so easy. Not to, if any stand-up comics are out there, it looks easy in my brain. 
I'm no, like, it does oh, look easy, but I can it's just not. Get up it's there so and, not. Yeah, he's like, I was like, in my brain, I'm like, I can just get up there and make people laugh. But then when I see, oh, wait, there's a thing that is really funny, but when you say it in front of people, what is in your brain that's funny doesn't come out as funny because you have an experience behind that thing you said. You now have to give the experience in a line that these people don't have. I'm like, oh my God, that would not be funny to me. I was like, I would be terrible. So it's good. Check it out. Four out of five mics from me uh, for a TV show. You know, not to mention too that it really just depends on the dynamics of the room. That's it. How you're feeling that way. I mean, I'm not, trust me, I don't think I'm a comedian by any means, but you know, I've tried to make people laugh before and depending on the people like at work or something like that and depending on the people that you're with, it might go over their head. You know, if maybe you're into your head too much exactly. and you have a, cause I'm a very visual person. When I try to crack a joke, I see the joke in my head, but some people don't think that way. So some people are just like, I don't get it. You'll get silence. So depending on the room that you're in the night that it's on, how people are feeling, you might just bomb, take the same material, go out the next night, completely different room, completely different crowd and you'll kill it. It's kill just, it. How it works. And it's funny because these guys, like they, they show the certain people who made it to just for laughs. They show them the next week and they're right in front of a crowd of two people at a bar. They're like, yeah, it's right back. We don't stop. It doesn't be like, yay, we're in front of this huge auditorium. And you go right back to doing these two-person shows because we're right back to normal. All it is now is now I'm getting calls from David Letterman and these people. But the only way to keep my jokes fresh is to do this thing every night at little tiny clubs. This hair. And the big people, like Kevin Hart, he caters his audience. People know what they're getting when they go to a Kevin Hart show. So he doesn't really have to try to make people super laugh because they're just there to see Kevin Hart. No right. one's here to see these people. They don't know who they're seeing. So like you said, it might just fall on dead ears because you're just going up there being uh, Steve and they don't like Steve. Whereas if I was major Steve, everyone's coming to see me be me. So I don't really have to worry about them not laughing. As soon as I start talking, they're laughing. You know what I'm saying? They're just going to be cracking up because they're there to see me. So seeing these People not be able to cater their audience to them, just have to go in and be like, I'm going to be me. And if you don't like me, I totally get it. Um, I mean, there was one where this guy was in an urban club and they just didn't get him. This black crowd did not get him. And I get it because I'm just when he started, when he walked into the club, I'm like, oh, they're not going to get you, homie. <laughs> they're not going to get your thing at all. And of course, the, the funny thing is the other people he was with did a great set. But when he got out, got out back, they're like, dude, you bombed so hard. It was hilarious. They make it clear. They're like, yeah, you, that was terrible. We loved seeing it. It was awesome seeing you bomb up there because they knew as soon as he walked up, they're like, oh, they're not going to get him. They're not ready for this guy. So it's really fun seeing them do this thing. I think you'd like it. Again, four out of five mics for a TV show. This does not transfer. Like, I'm not saying this is as good as whatever four or five, th four out of five thing that I give a movie. But for TV, this is four out of five easy. I love this show. Okay. You know what? Just going back because they were just little hot takes I gave. I'm still going to go ahead and give my rating. I was thinking about it. it afterwards. So Dead Wax... Because I haven't finished it yet, and because of the originality of it, I'm going to go ahead and give it three out of five spins. No, three out of five turntables, ladies and gentlemen. That's nice. what I'm giving that one. Nice. And then, uh, oh, the possession of Hannah Grace. Again, Damn. if you want to hear the full, if you want to hear the full review, go to episode 261 of Pop Culture Leftovers, where we go into it extensively. Uh, but as far as this one goes, I'm going to give this one 1.5, Steve. Damn. Oh, 1.5. I thought you were going lower than that. 
I know if I uh, no, and I'll tell you why. One point five upside down crosses. Nice. Out of five. And the reason that I say one point five is because it really wasn't filmed too badly. Like the cinematography was okay. Ah, okay. Very that cliche. Makes, that makes super sense. cliche. You've oh. seen everything before. Of course. And the actors could have been worse. So it was just a bad, just a, just a shitty, shitty, shitty script. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it was. And there were some bad actors too. But, you know, the main, her name was, uh, I forget the actress. The, I keep saying actress. And you know what? That's fucked up because it sounds old school. The actor that plays Megan. She wasn't bad. She was just the victim of a very bad movie. Would I have taken the movie? Probably. I've never been in a movie before. You know what I mean? So uh-huh. I, I'm not really, yeah, I'm not taking it away from her, but the movie itself is just hot garbage. So 1.5 out of 5 upside down crosses. All right. What else you been watching? All right. Another hot take here, because I want to get to something at the end where I know we're going to go into yes. it. So these are all hot takes today. It's hot take Monday. Or what is today anyway? Wednesday? Holy yes. shit. Dude. Holy they shit. Don't you know, know what that? happened? I didn't know that, Steve, because I got all this time on my hands now, as you like to let me like to remind me of that. What are you talking about? (laughs) I'm just kidding. All right, so one more hot take I have before we get into the you know the things that we're going to talk about a little bit more is something that I watched just on a whim, and I was actually kind of glad I watched it. It's called The House with a Clock in Its Walls, Hmm. directed by Eli Roth. Stephen, oh wait a minute, wait the bear do. Yeah, yeah, the Bear Jew. It's directed by the Bear Jew. I'm not going to call him that. That's yeah, let's take terrible. that. Out. Let's take that. No, I'll just leave it in. But his name is Eli Roth. Yeah. Uh, some people hate him. Some people love him. I'm kind of right down the middle, but there is a movie that came out recently called The Green Inferno. Oh, my that God. That was a mind blower. I'll say that. Um, Did you I do get like sick his... watching it or no? Because no, I know I, I didn't get sick. You, you didn't, huh? No, I was disturbed, but I was not sick by okay. it. Okay. But we're talking about the house with a clock in its walls. And this yes. movie, it's written by Eric Kripke. All right, first. Oh, of all. that's my boy from um um Supernatural. He does Supernatural. That's correct. Now, is he the one that's involved with the Amazon show coming out called The Boys? Isn't Kripke involved with yes, that? Yes, he is. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I so. I've so. got love for Eric Kripke just because of his choices that he makes. You need to watch Supernatural. This is based on the novel by John Bell Ayers, and the movie stars Jack Black, Kate Blanchett, and a kid named Owen Vaccaro, who does a pretty fine job in this one. Um, I like this movie, man. It was um. It was aimed at kids. It's rated PG, first of all. Whoa. And it was aimed at, yeah, hold up. It was aimed at kids. <laughs> but this movie should not be, I'm going to tell you right now, it's Eli Roth. So this movie should not have been, it should have been PG-13 to say okay. the least. Um, I was reading some reviews on IMDb about it, and it's kind of funny, actually, because a lot of parents took their kids oh, to see I this movie. And when the parents get mad. Yeah, I know. And I, it's funny to me. But they came out kind of shocked because they're taking like their three and four year olds. And I could even say that when I watch this movie, I could totally see as a parent how kids are getting scared in this movie mm-hmm. uh, because it's, it's Eli Roth. He's going to take this material and do as much as he can with it and still yes. keep that rating you know, yes. where they want it to be. But, um, you know, Jack Black, I love Jack Black. I love Tenacious D, but I don't like everything Jack Black's been in. I would like to say, I'm going to say it actually, that he's he's really good in this movie. He plays uh, Jonathan Barnevelt, who the movie, what it's about is that this kid's parents die. Uh, it kind of feels a little bit on the Lemony Snicket side, if you've ever seen that, or the, um, yeah, the Lemony Snicket side. A young orphan named Louis Barnevelt aids his magical uncle in locating a clock with the power to bring about the end of the world. That's what this movie's about. Okay. What's going on? What's going on is this kid. It's like right. I think it's in like the 1950s or early 60s, 60s when this happens. And uh, this kid's parents die as they do in these movies like this. And he goes to stay with his uncle who happens to be a warlock, ladies and gentlemen. And he has a friend of his who lives next door to him, who is played by Kate Blanchett. Her name is Florence Zimmerman. 
Okay, Steve, you know how I feel about Kate Blanchett. Yes, I right? do. I got a major crush on this woman, and anything she does, I usually watch. And mm-hmm. she's usually, she's really never like unimpressed me, to be quite honest with you. And in this case, this doesn't change. So this movie is about how he, you know, these, he embraces his new family and how they embrace him, and how he's, he's one of those kids too that can't fit in. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like that story. He's the oddball at school, but he he really embraces the family, and they train him in the ways of witchcraft. Now it sounds a little Harry Potter-ish, maybe, or just again, I heard you your tone when I said it's a PG movie, but it was actually very entertaining. I, I, I watched the whole thing. It held my interest the entire time. I don't think it's for young kids, but if you're in the uh, 12 to 13 range, you're going to be just fine. If your kids are cool like that, you've been showing them horror movies since day one, they're going to be fine too. But there are some strange moments in this. It has to deal with necromancy and, um, you know, just the occult and things like that. And it's just a very entertaining story. Jack Black, I'm not going to say he's on top of his game, but for a PG 13 movie, he kills it in this one, as does Kate Blanchett. So, Another hot take. I recommend you guys check this one out. That's all I'm going to say about that one for now. And I do apologize for our short, or at least my short reviews today, because I still, we have a lot to cover. But I'm going to go ahead and give this one hmm, 3.5 out of 5 clocks, buddy. That's what okay. I'm going with today. Maybe even 4. Where, where did you watch it? I watched it on iTunes, actually, but you can get it on Amazon right now. It's for rent on iTunes. Uh, where else is it at? Pretty much anywhere that you can do any kind of streaming, I think. But I think it's worth the watch. It's Eric Kripke, Eli Roth. Yeah, what made you do this? I will tell you why. Because I was trying to watch everything that I could for Pop Culture Leftovers oh. last week because they go for so long, you know. Okay. And quite honestly, I've seen everything right now. There's a lot. There's What do I want to see? The one thing that I haven't seen yet is Green Book. I really want to see that movie. But I've kind of watched everything. There was It was slim pickings, if you will. <laughs> so I ended up watching this one again because it's got Jack Black and I love Kate Blanchett. And I wasn't uh, unimpressed at all. It was actually a pretty good movie. Well, that's fair. All right. Yeah, so it's a family movie, guys. It's not like I'm telling you there's there's no there's no gore in it, yes. but there are some disturbing things in this movie that I could totally see a kid freaking out on. So you have been warned. But uh, again, house with a clock in its walls. Uh, what I say, three point five out of five clocks. Yes, yeah, sir. What else you got? Okay, last one before we get into the main subject we're going to talk about today. And by the way, that main subject is a little bit older, but I've been trying to get Steve to watch it for a while. Yeah. I recently just watched it. Not too long ago, but I've seen it multiple times. We'll get to that in a second. Um, last week, I went and saw the movie called Can You Ever Forgive Me? Starring Melissa McCarthy. Have you heard of this one? I have heard of this one. I've heard right, good G. things about it. There, this is a very good movie. And when I talked about it on Pop Culture Leftovers, I did not give it a bad review at all. But it's it's one of those movies that kind of, you need, you need to marinate in it a little bit. And I've, uh, I've actually liked it a little bit more than when I reviewed it. So... What this movie's about is an is a uh, an author by the name of, it's a true story by the way an author by the name of Lee Israel. So Lee Israel is a down on her luck author. She can't get it together anymore, Steve. She's an alcoholic. She's really not the best person. She's a little on the selfish side because she's just she's one of those people that's a recluse. She lives by herself. She's got a cat, and she pretty much just drinks and uh, drinks herself and not to death or anything like that. But she's an alcoholic. She's become a very bitter person, and her work isn't selling anymore. So. There's this part where she goes, it, it gets really bad because she can't pay her rent anymore. She has a cat that's sick and she goes to the vet to take her cat to get well. And they pretty much just shun her. They like, they're like, look, you've got an $82 balance and we can't do anything for you unless you pay at least half of it. She's like, I'm broke. I'm just trying to get my cat better. And they're like, no. So it's kind of jacked up. You know what I mean? Like that shit really goes down. And people, you work at a vet, don't do that to people. It's a horrible thing to do. So anyway... Life just gets the best of her. Her agent, who's played by Jane Curtin, 
whose name is Marjorie, has pretty much turned her back on her too. So now she's just kind of on her own. So getting back to her being down on her luck, she gets this idea because she comes across a letter by Catherine Hepburn and she discovers that you can sell this letter, you know, because there's a whole collector base out there that wants them. And I'm not going to give you guys the whole rundown, but what it is is that she finds out like, okay, she takes it to this bookshop and they said, well, I can, who happens to do the collecting, of course. And they're like, well, listen, I'll give you, you know, X amount of dollars for it, but it's the content's not really that great. If it had this, that, and the other on there, they go up in value. So when she goes home and she's in one of her bitter moods, she's like sitting, she puts the letter up and she's looking at it on her typewriter and she gets this idea. Like it was kind of like a, like an FU, like I'm going to just type something over this just to make myself feel better. So something sarcastic. And she puts a PS on the end of the letter. And now she takes it back and guess what? It like makes like so much more money, you know? So she has this idea, boom, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to get all these different typewriters and I'm going to start forging all these different letters from these various people. And she tends to stick with Dorothy Parker for the most part of it, but she ends up making nothing like crazy, not like, like crazy money, but she's able to sustain her living by doing so. And there's also another guy that's with her who is this, uh, it's her gay friend that she meets in this bar. She has this like drinking session with him. His name's Jack and he's played by Richard E. Grant, who is phenomenal in this movie, by the way. And, so they kind of go on this, uh, I don't want to say it's an adventure, but they just, they're, they're kind of being terrible people, you know, and, and they're sort of like their, their own support system. Long story short, you know, time catches up with her. I want to say, first of all, that Melissa McCarthy has never been my favorite actor, simply because she tends to fall into the role of, I look at me, I'm funny, now I'm falling down, that kind of thing. You know, she's, she's Melissa McCarthy, even though she was rocking in um, Bridesmaids and she's done some other great work. She's like Chris Farley. Yeah, she, but you know what I mean? It's that formula of, oh, yes. I'm, she's always falling down. And this movie, she steps out of that role completely and she becomes, she's a, she's a fantastic actor, dude. Like, yeah. I was really surprised at how good she is in this movie and I'd like to see more of that from her. But this is by far her best performance. This is the kind of movie where I don't even necessarily think you need to go see it in the theater, but it is something that I think you will watch, you will enjoy, and you may even come back to it and watch it again. Uh, it's got, who else is in it that we would know? It's got Ben Falcone in it. It's got, uh, like I said, Jane Curtin's in it. And then you didn't see 13 Reasons Why. No. Well, the 13 Reasons Why, there's a kid. I don't know if he's a kid, but he's a kid in the show. His name's, uh, the actor's name is Christian Navarro. And he's also in this one, too. He's not in it very much, but, you know, if you want to know who's in the movie and you've seen 13 Reasons Why, hey, there's another reason to go see it. But uh, I really, really enjoyed this movie, man. And when I reviewed it initially, again, if you want to hear a long-form review, episode 261 of Pop Culture Leftovers. But when I reviewed it, I didn't speak poorly of it at all. In fact, I mentioned how much I like it. But as the movie's been sitting with me over the last few days, I like it that much more. And I think I may end up going back to see this movie again, just because there's really not that much playing in the theater right now. So it gives me an excuse to go anyway. But uh, super impressed with Melissa McCarthy's performance in this. And I'm going to go ahead and give this movie... I'm going to go ahead and just give it... Uh, Four out of five typewriters, Steve, because it's, wow. you know, well, I've been trying to be, because you know how generous I get with movies, right? When we review. Yes. After much thought, I think I would have given it, like on our show, I probably would have given it a three, but I honestly feel like it's a four out of five. It's a very interesting story. Okay. I'm very into biopics. It's just, it's not a perfect movie by any means, but it is definitely well worth the watch. And you will see what I'm talking about if you happen to catch this, that Melissa McCarthy's on the top of her game right now. And I really, really look forward to seeing more of her like dramatic roles because she's got the chops.
All right. Well, I'll be I'll be looking for it when like it comes in streaming services. I'll definitely yeah. like say, hey, let me check this joint out. Yeah, for sure. Like by no means do you have to rush out and see this movie. You're not going to get any special effects. There's nothing that you're going to miss. You know what I mean? As far yes. as the visuals. But if you're looking for a movie to see and then you like the cinema and you want to go check it out, I recommend seeing this one. Particularly, particularly rather, why there's there's really not a lot playing in the theater if you're someone like myself that goes and watches everything. So yeah, that's because yeah. this coming week, I think that's when things start playing. Yeah, it's going to start popping because we're getting towards Christmas. Now it's going to start rolling, 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 rolling. So go get it. Go check out this movie. You have gotten the cosign from Danathan the Manathan. For sure. For sure. Now we can talk about the main course, if you will. Uh, okay. Steve, I am very curious to because I've asked you to see this movie several times now. Like I said, I've seen it several times myself. The movie that I'm talking about, ladies and gentlemen, is Crazy Rich Asians. So Dan has been good, as he previously said, he has been trying to make me watch this movie. Not even make me. He's been saying, hey, you really need to check this movie out. And in my brain, I'm like, you know what? I really do. And a lot of, as you have heard me say on this show, a lot of times I watch things so that I can be in the conversation. And Crazy Rich Asians is A, big enough to be in the conversation. I need to be in that conversation. And B, it's a very important situation because I haven't seen a movie stateside that's huge with this much production with an Asian cast. And so I go, I open the movie. This is going to be a little bit, uh, a bit of a lengthy explanation, but it's all about the movie. So I open this movie and this movie does an amazing thing that not many movies can do. Dan, you know, I like magic, right? I love magic and I know you love it too. My favorite thing about magic is when someone says, Steve, you're going to be looking at my right hand. And in my right hand, this is a ball. I'm going to close my fist. And when I open my fist, the ball will be gone. <laughs> and then they do that thing. Even though they told me every single beat of what they're about to do, they do it and I'm still shocked. The magic trick this movie does is I know every beat that's going to happen in this movie. I've seen it before. I know yeah. what's going to happen. I see and where yet, you're going. And yet it does this magic trick where at the end I'm surprised. It literally says, I'm going to be doing this, 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 and this. And when I open my hand, everything is going to be this. And they do it, and I still am surprised. I said, that is how you make a movie. A lot of movies try to do that, and you're like, okay, I know where this is going, and then this is going to happen, and then that's going to happen. And they do it in such a way that I was totally taken in by this movie that is hard to do that is not an easy thing to do and somehow this person does it the the director does it and uh john cho chu or john i think it's john chu john chu and the special thing is when they open this movie because you've uh, <laughs> they open the movie i'm not in dan i'm not in for the first, i knew it was going to be a hard sell initially for oh me. bruh in first five minutes i was not buying it and the director knew it. Director was like, okay, just sit there, chill out, wait a minute. I'm not buying it until all of a sudden they do yet another magic trick that's amazing. What they do <laughs> is they say, now let me show you the players in this thing. And I'm like, wait, what? And they start introducing you to these players. Oh, here's my cousin such and such, my uncle such and such, my this. And in these little tiny clips, they show you these people. And then I had to pause the movie. I said, oh my God. What they just did is they stripped an hour off of this movie. 
They said, imagine if I had to tell you the backstory of every single one of these people. It would have taken an hour to, to introduce you to each one. Instead, I'm going to do the expository thing where they're talking about these people. And as they talk about them, I introduce you to these people. So now when you run into them, you feel like you know them already. I said, oh my God, who are we working with now? This is a director. This is how you direct a movie. When they run, now they can spend all the time having fun with these characters that they just introduced. I now know the cousin. I know, I know, I know them, uncle. I now know this person. I know this person that does these movies for this woman that he loves only because he loves her and makes movies. Imagine how long it would have taken just to tell that story. If they wanted to tell the story, oh, let me do the expository thing of who this person is, how he met this girl. They said, no, 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 no. We're going to do this in three, in a minute and a half. And now you know everybody. Gee, from there on, I'm in, dude. I am in on this movie. I said, why didn't I watch this earlier? Why didn't I watch this freaking movie earlier? Why didn't I listen to my boy? Exactly. He, you, 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 dude. And the thing is, that's why I watched it. Cause the last time we talked, I said, you know what? He's been on a freaking tear. And, and my thing is like, the big thing is, uh, um, when I first get introduced, they, they, the first scene's fine, but then it, it, I, I wasn't in after the first scene because it was important to me. I love revenge. And there's a first, in the first two minutes, there's a cool little story of revenge. That's pretty cool. But, um, if I may, Steve, you didn't like that part because you said the first five minutes didn't get you. Well, no, no, no. Like the first, I was like, oh, that's cute. But then it goes into a, a current day thing. Right. And I thought I knew where it was going. And mind you, it trains you to know where it's going. It says, yeah, we're going to do everything we think we're going to do for the first five minutes. Yeah. Everything you think we're going to do, we're going to do. And they do also do this amazing thing where, you know how some movies... Oh, people, I'm able to, to mess it up for you now. It's not going to be a, a, a spoiler. It's going to make you want to watch the movie more. They don't wait to the end to show you that he's rich. That's what the previews make you think. They don't sit there and all of a sudden they turn a corner and be like, you're going to leave me? Yes, I just can't be with you. Well, let's just try again. Okay, I love you. I love you too. Oh, and by the way, I'm a billionaire. What? They don't do that. That's what I thought they were going to do. Where it's just like, oh, she's not going to know he's rich for a long time. No, that is not the drama in this movie. The drama is even more interesting than that. And I really, and again, uh, for people who don't like rich porn, there's going to be- Rich porn, I've never heard that before. Yeah, there, you, you're not going to like this whole rich and mo the money porn thing. Some people might be like, okay, I get it. You're rich. However, we're on the, uh, Rachel, the, um, Rachel is the audience member. They're kind of in the mode of, uh, she's played by uh, Chris Queen. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Constance, uh, Constance Wu. Wu. So Rachel is us. And so she reacts the way we would. Now, mind you, she is not, she's not rich, but she's like upper middle class, middle class. She's us. And so when you see this rich porn, the way that she reacts to it is like, oh, we now have a person that we can connect with. It's not just a bunch of rich people enjoying rich stuff. There is one person in here that is plainly not supposed to be here. And that is now, we are now walking with her, which is a great thing. Because if you were just walking with her, um, her boyfriend, Nick, we'd be like, okay, I don't belong here. Like, I don't know why I'm seeing it from this point of view. I can't relate, but you can relate to Rachel. And it's a very fun gallop through 
what you think is such a plain Jane story. But they do it so well that the magic trick works. So yeah, please go through the cast because everyone, um, I mean, there are certain people, oddly enough, I think the person that I like the most is going to be a shock to you. Because there's, okay. I think there's one person that actually makes this movie. So go for it. See, I feel the same way, but I have a feeling we're talking about different people. Okay. Um, but I'll talk about the cast, yeah, because it's a, it's a kind of an all-star cast when it comes to Asian actors. So we have Constance Wu, who plays Rachel Chu. We have Henry Golding, who plays Nick Young. Uh, both of them are fantastic in this movie. In fact, everyone's fantastic in this movie. Uh, we have Michelle Yeoh, uh, Lisa Liu. We have Aquafina, who's in this movie, who plays Rachel's best friend, Peek. Peek Lin, I believe her name is. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Ken Jeong is in this movie too, which was a bit of a, not really a surprise, but I liked his character a lot in this movie. I love Ken Jeong. And uh, there's a guy named Jimmy O. Yang who plays Bernard. Um, there's a lot of people in this movie actually, but those are sort of like my star players in this one. And they do such a damn good job. You get back to how you're saying that Rachel is the audience, you know, and I, I kind of liken that to more of a, it's not like your typical fish out of water situation, but it's, you know, she is, she's kind of a fish out of water. She comes from modest backgrounds, like you said, upper middle class, but compared to this family that she goes to in Singapore, she's a, she is a, a very, almost a peasant to them. If you yes. will. you know what I mean? Because the culture is so strong and the family unit is so tight and there's rules and regulations that you follow to a T, particularly because you have a hierarchy of family members that are sort of running shit through there. Uh, everything's kind of passing through. I believe it's Lisa, yeah, Lisa Liu is the one I'm talking about, who plays Ama, which is like their grandma, uh, Nick Young's grandma. And the way that these people bounce off of each other and the way that they, just the way they present on screen. That, first of all, let me just tell you, speaking of on screen, this is one of the most stylish movies and, and so well shot that I've seen this year. Uh, the, just the way that they show the Singapore layout, the way that they show the mansions involved, the way that they show these particular two buildings, which I'm not familiar with the architecture of Singapore, but when they show these aerial shots of this, it's like a two tower, think of like two towers with like a, with like a platform going across it. They show it several times throughout the movie and it's just freaking beautiful. I'm going to tell you, Steve, right now that I think this movie is I'm going to say it. It is definitely one of my favorite movies of the year. In fact, it is the movie that I've seen the most this year. Wow. I've seen this movie six times. Wow. It's funny because I know now, mind you, if anyone's in Singapore listening, maybe you never know. I know you're thinking that is not what Singapore looks like. I get it. Yeah. I no, get it. I get that. Yeah, it's, I it's, totally an get it. it's, a, it's an Americanized take on yes. it. And I'm not saying totally that it's get not. It. Or a rich, I think it's just a rich take on Singapore. We're like, this is what rich people in Singapore would see. And so I get that, but from what I saw, I'm like, oh, that looks beautiful. Now, my boy, this dude named Nico Santos that plays Oliver, he's on Superstore. And he plays totally different on Superstore than he plays as Oliver. And I was like, oh, wow. I was like, oh, he's totally different. But he is so wonderful on Superstore, too. They've been, there are a few people on this movie that are just like, are fantastic. But the person that I think made the most singular, like, without this person... This movie isn't a movie. And this is my opinion. It's easily Michelle Yao for me. Without her, it's not a movie. Like her, the way that they film, there's one scene where they film her almost, they show the happiness of the couple and they show her stalking them like a tiger outside the <laughs> rims. And I'm like, without this woman, this movie is a normal run-of-the-mill whatever. Oh, because people don't want them to get... Oh, because the ex-girlfriend doesn't want them together. But you have this stalking presence that is like, oh, no, you don't get it. 
if you're not here, no, if, 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 if you're here, it ruins my situation. And my situation is so much bigger than your petty existence that I'll just stomp you out. And I'm like, oh, that is a character. She doesn't say much. But when she does say something, there is a quote in this movie, and I don't want to ruin it for you, that she says directly to her face that I said, that is one of the meanest things I've ever seen said to a human being on screen. (laughs) (laughs) I said, whoa, that is crazy. She made the film for me because as long as, even when she was off screen, her presence was there. So when they would say, we're going to be together and be happy in my brain, I'm like, oh, but you got mama. Don't say that, because she still hasn't done her thing yet. Michelle Yao was a presence in this film. She was so good. I've always called her Michelle Yo. Is it Yao? Is it Yo? Is it Yo? I thought it was Yo. It does, I mean, it's just a you know, it's a <laughs> one of us is saying it wrong. But regardless, she's I get your point incredible. with her. I think she's fantastic in it. She plays oh, Nick Young's mother. Yes. If I didn't mention that already, she plays Eleanor Young. Um, now I don't know if I would go as far as saying that she. Without her, this is just a regular movie, though, because I think that the casting is so strong in this one. I think the writing is so strong. I want to give props to the, you know, the originator of the movie, actually. Not the movie, but the actual novel. There's a series of three novels, I believe. This is based on the first one, Crazy Rich Asians, which is written by Kevin Kwan. I, I think that it's just... It's kind of like the perfect storm of movies this year. With that particular cast, I just like I said, I love the way that everyone plays off of each other. I don't think it's that one particular person makes this movie. I do believe there are strong players, and definitely Michelle Yeoh is going to be one of them. Uh, Constance Wu is fantastic in this movie. I mentioned her a little bit last week, how I said that there's, and I've said this before, there are certain times that an actor will play a certain character that kind of makes me kind of crush on him a little bit. You know what I mean? And the character of Rachel Chu, she's adorable. And I, I just love her whole story. I love that she's the underdog in this movie. Uh, she's fantastic. And I look forward to seeing another one that's coming out. It's not going to be the same thing. It's certainly not going to be on this caliber, but it is called uh, All the Creatures Were Stirring. Because, Steve, I meant to tell you that I'm going to start going on this whole thing of uh, Christmas horror stories. So this is season like a, let's, let's call it like a creep show type of Christmas movie. That's like a horror type thing going on. But anyway, Constance Wu's in that one. And um, now you had mentioned something off mic that I wanted to say because that I want to talk about rather, because I'm very curious what you're going to say about this because I, who I'm referring to is Aquafina in this movie, who I thought, first of all, when I first heard the name Aquafina, I thought that's the most ridiculous shit I ever heard. And quite honestly, it still is. But if that's a real name, which let's face it, we know it's not. Um, I think she's great, man. I think she adds so much to this movie and the way that she incorporates her friendship with, with Rachel in this for me, really made it. Being that I've seen this movie multiple times now, I've watched it several times. I've watched it with my daughter. I've watched it a couple times with Gail. Uh, we had a dinner over at the house the other night when everyone was done and fed. We all watched this movie. And then I've just seen it once or twice on my own. Uh, I really think like she's one of the stronger characters in this movie. But I don't know if we're going to shift direction right now, but I'd like to know what your thoughts are on Aquafina. Um, she, uh, the thing is, uh, I, would, I had been warned by a few, uh, uh, you know, mostly sisters told me, um, yeah, there were certain things that kind of rubbed them wrong. So I was like, okay, I'm ready to, you know, at least I'm prepared. And I go in there and I'm like, oh, like when little things are like, oh, you know, I'm like, oh, she's doing a good job. She's doing, a, oh, I, I don't see what the problem is. But then there's a few scenes. There's actually one scene. But I'm like, now this one thing, I totally get why some people will be like, what's this all about? There's like a little black scent there. But then then someone else gave me a a, a different turn. I heard another opinion on it. They said, 
okay, you can be, you can say that made you feel weird. However, black folks have been co-opting anime and we've been also co, I mean, the Wu-Tang Clan, we co-opted a few things our Dalgon selves. That's a like, good Damn. point, man. I was like, gee. That's a really good point. I'm, glad you, I'm really glad you brought that up, actually. I was like, gee, I can't. They're like, we have been co-opting. The, like, literally, on some of their albums, you hear Asian fighting, like kung yeah. fu happening. And they, yeah. like, make a voice. on The Fugees have a whole skit on their album where someone's doing a fake Asian voice. They're yep. like, so look, dude, you can, but you can't do the two sides. And I'm like, since I wasn't super duper offended from Jump, that just put me right back into the, yeah, look, number one, Asian culture is huge. People are going to use it for certain things. Two, black culture is huge. It, hip, it's over. Hip hop culture is now, it's, it's everywhere now. You're going to go somewhere, everywhere on the world, hip hop culture, black culture is there. Just like Asian culture, it's what it is. People are going to use it. And I don't think she was, obviously she wasn't doing it in an offensive way. She was doing it in a... She knows that that thing is funny because it was made funny by a very popular way of talking. It was made funny to hear her talk like that. Now, I didn't think even with that, I thought she was great, but I still thought, um, here's in any other movie, she'd be the standout character. In any other movie. But this movie had so many that she was like, I was like, oh yeah, Aquafina was in it. Because... Even the little characters had such, like the, the was it the cousin that kept taking pictures of her? Yeah, I wanted to bring him up. That man. was he's so, little, and the thing is, it so could have been so corny. But I was like, this is so funny to me. And I don't know why it was so funny. I think that just gives total props to the, the actor that plays him that kept doing these creepy things. And the dope thing is, she, there was one part where he did a creepy thing and she just laughed because all of us were laughing. She was the audience. It was funny. And um, again, uh, look, I think one day we're going to have to get into the Michelle because for me, any good movie needs a villain. If you don't have a villain, you don't have a good movie. So with, and that's why I say without Michelle, it's just not, a, it's, it's a normal run of the mill. But now being a magician, um, I said magician, a musician, <laughs> the secret sauce to this movie was the big band music. Yes, I Thank said you for bringing that, that up, is dude. a live orchestra. Like in my the soundtrack brain, is phenomenal. Oh my gosh, my brain started going. I said that sounds like Harry Connick Jr. and it wasn't. But I said, oh, that's a live big band. They did an actual score for this movie. That doesn't happen, ladies and gentlemen, very often. In these comedies, like when Harry Met Sally's did, when Harry Met Sally did it, Harry Connick did the whole thing, and now we get it again. And the dope thing is they take eight, like popular songs, even 80s music, and they say it in their language. I said, oh, they, they do material girl in their language. I said, this is how you do a freaking music. But then between that, you hear this live big band happening in different scenes. I said, oh, they spared no expense. They said, we're going to do it the way we used to do romantic comedies. The way we, it, they took a classic theme and placed it in their culture. I said, daggone it, Dan was right. By the end of the movie, I said, and the end of the movie is so cliche and it got me, Dan. I knew it was going to happen. <laughs> I've seen it happen on a movie, a certain movie with Adam Sandler did the exact same thing. I knew it was going to happen. Multiple movies have had that same formula. That but, exact scene, but no they less. don't. 
but they don't all have that type of a uh, presence, a movie presence, you know, on screen exactly. presence is what I'm trying to get at. Yes. There's just something that's just so, I'm not going to throw it loosely, but it, it perfectly came together. That's oh, no. the best way I can put this movie. Like, I, honestly, it really is one of my favorite movies of the year. And like I said, it is the movie that I've seen the most this year. Surprisingly. I'm so surprised good. at how much I've watched this movie. There are certain romantic comedies that will stick with me. And I'll watch and I'll watch it again, by the way, too. Um, I'm not going to go down that road. But one like, say, Notting Hill that has uh, Hugh Grant and Julia Roberts is one of my favorite movies, man. It's, it's fantastic. But this one just had a little more. It was It was way more upbeat, first of all. The cast was just so much more radiant and so much more energetic. And the way that they all bounce off of each other, the story that it tells, uh, there's a scene that has to do with a bachelor party that's just so over the top. It's crazy the way that they, these people get down. Because, again, they're crazy rich Asians. They're not crazy as in loony. They're like crazy rich is what they're getting. Crazy rich. And, like, and yeah. I realize that probably a good majority of the people that, have, that are listening right now have probably already seen this movie. But this is our take on it because... A, I've been holding off for a while. I didn't want to talk about it by myself because I was waiting for Steve to see this one. But I caught the late train. I didn't see it in the theater. I wanted to. just didn't happen for whatever reason. And once it came out on iTunes, I'm like, screw it. I'm going to rent it. And then I said, you know what? I think I'm going to buy it. <laughs> we just That's watched good, it man. and watched it and That's watched good. it, man. That's and really I rec- you know, and I and speaking of that, you know, if you're into movies that you really enjoy, support the movie, man, because they're going to make money on the back end anyway. If you like this movie, if you like a movie like this or, or any other movie for that matter, purchase it. Don't download it like illegally. Support the team, support the actors, because this totally. movie is absolutely fantastic. Getting back to Crazy Rich Asians, uh, you're speaking. You're speaking of the. Uh, I know you got to get going here pretty quick, sir. So I'll make it this quick. But you're speaking about the soundtrack and how they did cover songs. There is a performer on there by the name of Kina Granis who does a version. It's in the wedding scene where she does yeah. this acoustic version of uh, "Can't Help Falling in Love with You" mm-hmm. by Elvis. And it is one of the most beautiful renditions of that song I've ever heard. She has a phenomenal voice. I believe she was a YouTuber and they found her that way. And, you know, she's got other music too. But um, I really love that. Something about that song really resonated with me. And I've listened oh, to sure. it so many times. I mean, but the other, soundtrack other itself UB40, is fantastic. I mean, UB40, obviously. No, I'm joking. <laughs> okay. All right. That's enough out of you. I forgot about that version, actually. I did not. I didn't forgot about UB40's version. I really did until <laughs> just now. There's a bunch of them. 21 Pilots does one. But oh, the Jesus. point is, stop it. Because you know nothing about 21 Pilots. And I'm not going to debate this in the five there minutes. There is no debate. Okay, show. anyway. Go, there, go. Stop it. You're Jesus. talking out of your ass right now. Name one song. Gee, Name one song I don't by have 21 to. Pilots. It's like me saying, no, oh, no, no, you no, know please. who else does? Name the one Backstreet song Boys. by 21 Pilots. <laughs> no, <laughs> Name one song. Anyway. Name one song, Steve. Because you can't. Let me tell you why. Because I... You can't do it. You have no argument. I do. Okay, you know what? You know what? I want an argument. So I'm going to listen to I'm going to listen to them. I'm going to. It's over. Mhm. I'm not saying they're God's gift to music. I didn't say but that. But they are very talented. Uh, but and I all I was saying, see, again, you're talking out of your ass <laughs> because you know nothing. You know nothing, Steve. I won't even And by the way, if you listen, Uh-huh. If you listen to them yes. and you go, I, I don't like it, but you give it a fair listen where you can actually give me some argument, I'm going to take your word for it. Okay. 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 But, and I'm not even, I don't even know how we got, uh, all I was just saying is that they did a song. They did that same song. Yes. But I know you're talking out of your ass right now, sir. <laughs> so I'm just going to leave it alone. Because he is, folks. He can't even name one fucking song yet. He's going to tell me that it's bad. Stop I believe it. they have a song called 21 Pilots. Nope, you're wrong. Oh, you're talking out of your close. ass. Okay. You're talking out of your s- s- tight, grooved circle. <laughs> to bring it back. <laughs> now, okay, okay. But tell me something. Oh, I'm going to put you on the spot. What do you rate this movie? I'm interested to see what you come up with. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ooh, there's so many things. Left. 
Nah, I'm just gonna go dumplings on this one because there's a part where oh, they show some perfect, dumplings. Oh, that's perfect, dude. Yeah, I'm going five and 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 I'm thinking this is not off the top of the cuff here, man. Like I seriously believe this. Five out of five dumplings. This is one of my crap. favorite movies that I've seen this year, and once more, it is the movie that I've seen the most this year. I'm gonna give it easily four point or uh, four out of five dumplings. Easy. Fair four enough. Out of five dumplings. Fair I enough. I really and the thing is, here's the funny part. But what? Oh, I'm gonna see now. Now I'm breaking rules. Um, I, but I, what I will, I'm going to give it four out of five for the watching. I'm going to give it five out of five for the importance of you watching this movie. Listen, uh, listener. Uh, it's really important that you go out and see this movie only because, um, they need numbers. They said, you know what the, oh boy, why am I going to go here? What movie companies are doing right now is saying you want divorce, you want diversity, make me give it to you. Make me give it to you. Then show me that the numbers match up. That's what Black Panther did. That's what Crazy Rich Asians is doing. Keep making that happen. If you want diversity in film, there's only one thing film companies see. The end. And that's green. The end. If you show them that, they will continue to give you diverse movies time and time again. Show it with your pocketbook. Again, like Dan said, don't download this movie. Watch unless you bought it. If you bought it, download it. And also tell other people about it. Because I know in my circle, how long was Black Panther talked about? I mean, everybody, if, you, if I was at a get-together and folks was like, hey, you seen Black Panther, right? No. Like there was a record scratch. Everything stopped. But like, why are you even here, bro? What are you doing here? Go to freaking the movie theater and go watch that. I'm telling everybody I can about Crazy Rich Asians. I'm going to say, you need to go see this movie. You need to watch this movie. You need to rent this movie. You need to get this movie. And if someone's like, oh, can you let me borrow it? No. You need to go get this movie. You need to watch this movie because it's so important. I was introduced to a culture that I did not know a lot about and I still don't know a lot about, but it was beautiful. I can't wait to see what happens next. Four out of five dumplings for the movie. Five out of five of the importance of you seeing this movie. That's it. Hey, you want to know something funny? What's that? It actually tanked in China. <laughs> Are you kidding me? No, it didn't. That's not I true. think. Are you no, I swear to you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know that we have to get going here, but uh, yeah, Are read you about it. Me? Yeah, look it up. It's the truth. They tanked in China. I wonder if there's something behind that. I think that it was the fact that it had to do with a lot of westernization of the movie. And that they used a lot of, you know, Western actors versus... What if it was rich? What if they're just like, we don't want to see this rich porn? Because that's not what I'm trying to see right now. I've what never heard that term, by the way, either. Oh, did you make that up? Yes, I just... I, I thought so. Did. Rich porn. Yeah. And, but you know what's funny? I want to see... Maybe Black Panther didn't do well. Oh, no, it did. Huh. Steve's got a point, though, that... Movies like this, when you support those, these types of movies, where, hmm. uh, particularly when you're talking about people of color... They're going to come running. You know what I mean? Like there is a demographic that wants to see these movies made. And I'm not someone's going to say that everything in the world is whitewashed. But when you when you kind of put it all together, you see the void that needs to be filled. For instance, they have that Marvel starting that Shang-Chi movie, which is going to be the first Asian film superhero ever. That's fucking awesome. In 2018. So it's great and depressing. Those are two, those are two things. It's great that it's happening. It's depressing. It's happening just now. Yeah, that it's taken so long to it's happen, so, but, but it is happening. Moving. It's moving. And I would not. Here's the thing, man. Damn. Now I got to read up on it. I'll let y'all know next week. I yeah. thought it destroyed in China. 
You would think, right? But no, that's oh, not the I'm case at all. Oh, I'm all over. And I guarantee that there is going to be an interesting article I'll find. <laughs> it's just like, this is why it didn't do well. And you might be, I have a feeling you might have hit the nail on the head, Dan. It's the westernization. I think, because I don't think that maybe they would want, not saying they're not their own. Not, not, I don't know how that works. But I know that I had, um, there was a brother you heard, that, I don't know if it was not Samuel L. But there was a brother that was talking about, um, English black people coming here and taking black uh, American black people's uh, jobs. Like, why are all these English people taking our jobs? Idris Alba and other people taking what we could be doing. And I'm I think that's across the board, to be quite honest with you. But I see your point. Yeah. So I'm wondering if is that a thing where it's just like, why didn't you have one of our actual here people? Because I'm sure there are like monster stars out there. And they're like, why didn't you just do it? I don't know. But I, something rings true with what you came. You're like, I think it's just the westernization of the movie. I'm like, oh, and I'm blind to that because in my brain, it made sense in my head. But if I was from somewhere else, I'd probably be like, oh, it's totally westernized. So I, I'm going to look that up, man. What a good point you made, Dan. Jeez, you're smart. I have one or two of those a year. Hey, real quick. I know you got to get out of yeah. here, man, but I want one, one quick take from you. Okay. Yes. So we were going to do some news, but we, we're running out of time. I understand, Steve, correct? Yes. According to Variety, there's a movie that's inspired by Prince's music that's in the works through Universal, a la Mamma Mia. Steve, I think you already know what I'm, where I'm going with this, but please just give me a quick take. They're ruining Prince's legacy. It's over. When, when I saw Let's Go Crazy on what, Capital One or something, it's over. It is a terrible idea. This is not what Prince wanted. They know this isn't what Prince wanted. And you know what the worst part about this is, Dan? What's that? I'm going to go see it. Because I'm the worst person in the world. Because I'm the worst person in the world, Dan. I'm still going to go see it, and I'm going to walk out in tears. Knowing I shouldn't do this. But it's Prince. I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, I've seen him do it with Beatles movies. And, of course, I, I don't like Mamma Mia. Even though I kind of dig some Abba songs, I'm not going to front. This one gets to me for on a different level because it's like, Prince did not want this. He you know not. he didn't want he this, did man. He didn't. That's why when he became the artist formerly known as Prince, it he did that because that, he, yes. he wanted the properties to his music protected. And yes. now he didn't write a will. He passes away. The I don't know who the family member is rather that got that, but they're, now you've got Prince on car commercials. Every now, now we're with Mamma Mia. Now we have Funko Pops of Prince. Oh, this is yeah. bullshit, man. And I hate it. And I just feel so bad. I mean, technically, it's his own fault. He thought he was never going to die. Sure That's what it is. You know what I mean? He and didn't he, want to face the reality of, yeah. of mortality. That Why face so, mortality when I'm so on top right now? Exactly. Like I'm always on top. And in exactly. Prince's head, he was even more on top than he really was. You know yes. what I mean? Yes. He, was the, he was the king, man. And it's like he waited. And now this is the repercussions of that, those, that Damn lack it. of action, I should say. And yeah. it breaks my heart. I don't know if I'll be seeing this movie. I'm, I'm probably going to do it out of protest, to be honest with you. Unless it's just so well presented and the actors are so phenomenal that it's like, okay, I got to check it out. But if it's just, you just have like kind of mediocre actors doing this and all I have to hear is someone just sing what the song badly. And it's like, oh, okay, I'm now I can't he, sit through two that's hours. That's the this. thing. It depends on who they, like if they said, Hey, we're going to have quest love involved with this or people that are really familiar with him. I'll be like, wait a minute. If they're going to be like, you're doing something terribly, but I'm going to take what you're doing since I knew him and at least make it the best it could be. But if they give it to like freaking Michael Bay, I'll be like, Oh, you've got to be. Kidding. Oh God. 
Or even, I mean, no hating. I love the person, what he does for, uh, like, you know, he did a lot for Black Panther, all that stuff. But if they give it to, like, Tyler Perry, I'd be like, gee, 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 gee. Stop Let's it. just calm down. We, Stop it. Yes. So we'll see where it goes. I might end up doing the protest thing, too. But it breaks my heart, man. Because, I mean, Cap, when I saw the Let's Go Crazy on Capital One, I, it just, I couldn't quite get my brain around it. Because I'm not used to seeing that with that i was like wait what what's happening right now let's go crazy with how does that fit with a credit card oh spend it everywhere is that what we're getting we're going crazy because we're spending all this money that we don't have yeah that we don't have let's go crazy and ruin and fall into debt yes it's just the whole thing but oh that's what it was it was a credit card commercial was i thought i am so mad i am so mad but yeah man i'm not gonna I, i might do it like you you know what i might protest I'm telling you now, I'm protesting. Until I see something that changes my mind, I'm protesting. And guess what, Steve? Mm. I'm not going to see anything that changes my mind. I love Prince that much. It isn't happening. No, that's real. And also, um, on a tangential situation, uh, if people didn't know, uh, Dan had to tell me that Mamma Mia was an ABBA song. Because I didn't know why they named that movie Mamma Mia. I was like, oh, it's a song. Hmm." Dan's the one that told me. So in conclusion... Steve does not know who Abba is. I Talking do Talking shit about 21 Pilots and he's do. never heard a song. But now I and do. And is going to go see a bad movie with You're going to come with me. No, I'm not. There's no way. You know what? I, I take that back. I just realized that we're on a show that talks about movies and film and, and television we and whatnot. We may, have to, we may have to be in the conversation. Now, damn it. Now, you see this fucking movie got me on a technicality. <laughs> but yeah, I got to get out of here. People, I love you so very much. Um... Uh, you know what? I do want to end it on uh, Crazy Rich Asians. People, number one, I owe you an apology because I should have seen this in the theater. There was no reason I didn't see it in the theater. I should have seen it in the theater. Um, I wish I would have. Thank you, Dan, for make, for saying, insisting on me seeing it. Insisting, insisting, insisting. Um, what a Much like Titans. Much like Titans. And I, you, I do have your... Um, Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so <laughs> anyway, I love you, everybody. I can't wait to talk to you in the very, very near future. Wish me luck on my finals. Worst case scenario, I did the math. I'll have a C if I f both things. So we're kind of cool. But anyway, I love y'all. This is your boy. Peace out, ladies and gentlemen. I'm gonna cut out too because, well, that's the show, and Steve's gone now, and we're the heroes of noise. It's not the hero of noise. I want to let you know. Thank you very much for listening. Sorry for the quick takes this week, but we are gonna get back to a regular format once this dude finishes up school. Here, we're gonna get busy again, and. With that said, go check out Crazy Rich Asians. It's it's just the best. I love it so much. Thanks for tuning in again. Thanks to all our new listeners for tuning in. Welcome. We hope you come along for the ride. We hope you enjoy what we're doing. If you do, please tell a friend. With that, my name is Dan Ramirez. That's Steve Hudson over there. We're the heroes of noise. Ladies and gentlemen, be good to yourself. Be good to everyone else. Have a fantastic week. Peace. Peace.